0: Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Poser, sports editor. Jay, I just noticed the backdrop behind me. It's uh, got a lamp. It's very white. uh, That's my, yeah, it's the best spot for me in in the room here. It's about to start storming, evidently, Jay, because Padres and Rockies will not play until tomorrow. And then they don't. Maybe. Wednesday. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Weather. It's coming. It's not here now, but it's coming. And I'm going to be real honest at the outset, Jay. Uh, you know, generally, I like to know who the Padres are playing, who the pitchers are. Uh, taking a little look at the opponent. I know one thing about the Rockies—they stink. <laughs> <I was laughs> pitching for them, so I could talk about the Padres. <laughs> if anyone wants to talk about the Rockies, that'll be Jay Posner. Uh, how are you, Jay?
1: I'm I'm okay, Kevin. I know that Sensatello was supposed to pitch tonight uh, against the Nelson Lemet. So we'll see if those are the pitchers uh, again tomorrow. I, I did very quick research and saw that tomorrow night at game time, it's supposed to be 42 degrees with a, uh, a chance of 40 to 50% chance as of now of of rain. And that's after it snows all overnight and, and in the morning. So there's, right. there's nothing like, there's nothing like Colorado weather uh, to just, you just, I, I don't even know. I, I'm assuming you – like, to pack for a trip to Colorado, especially in May, it's like you bring shorts and you bring a parka. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: pretty I, much it. Right. Um, I was prepared for this, and it's what you say about tomorrow night. Man. Mm. Tomorrow night's going to be a long night. That's that's Tonight was like a blessing. All right, there is no chance that you're playing. We're going to call this thing by noon. Tomorrow night's one of those where you show up at the ballpark at 2, and you might leave at 2. because. Yeah it could start, it could stop, they could stop because they think it's coming, it's Colorado, it never comes. It, <laughs> you don't play, I've been here before, where you you don't play for like an hour and the rain never comes. Yep. Um, yeah, and then the uh, doubleheader on Wednesday. And yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to, to talk to anyone since the postponement, um, what they're going to do, uh, whether Denelson Lamette will throw his three innings, because um, that's what you should probably expect from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or because you know even though they wouldn't say it it certainly seems to me that you darvish was on schedule to go tomorrow and do you keep you darvish on schedule since he's the guy who's been giving you you know seven innings and the guy who's been giving you seven innings and the other thing is what does the cold weather mean
1: for denelson lamette's elbow is that a you know is that anything that they would rather him not pitch in weather like that i mean not that you want anybody pitching in weather like that if you can help it but, yep. but darvish certainly as a veteran is, uh, and pitched it wrigley and all over the all over the world basically i'm sure is more used to to that sort of weather than um than maybe a guy who has elbow issues so maybe maybe they throw darvish then and throw them at in one of the games wednesday i yeah tomorrow it looked like the the chance of of rain was supposed to decline through the night so maybe they wait and play at you know nine o'clock or something uh Colorado time, and then and turn around for the the, the truncated doubleheader on uh, on Wednesday. The Padres haven't had to do any of this so far this year.
0: The Rockies have had to do it a bit. I was a lot, right. on a layover from Pittsburgh, coming back from Pittsburgh, and it was snowing. And I thought, oh, that stinks for the Mets. Uh, but by the time I'm here, it'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not sure there's ever a time when it's fine in uh, in, in Denver. But hey, that's, that's one of the things that goes... Goes into it, the Rockies yeah. do stink. I think they're 12 and 22. Does that sound uh, I had it up here a uh, um, a minute ago. They are 12 and 22 with a minus 24 run differential. they have three and seven in their last 10, although two of those wins did come last week against the Giants, yeah, uh, who were there at Coors. So it's like anything else that we talk about all the time anybody's capable of beating anybody, uh, but I guess. We can talk about the weekend with the Padres in San Francisco. Um, pretty depressing for the Padres and their fans for the first couple of uh, for the first couple of days there. Friday night looked like nothing was going to happen. All of a sudden, a couple of quick home runs and the game was tied. And then they end up losing anyway on a home run given up by a guy who, I mean, let's be honest, we may not see again uh, this year. That certainly didn't look good for for Kayla. Uh, the way that he left the game. Saturday was a disaster uh all around. And yesterday was was great. I mean uh Chris Paddock, Brian Weathers pitched great. Tatis Homer, uh Cronenworth. That, that looked like the exact same pitch that Cronenworth hit off Trevor Bauer for a home run. Like a, a breaking ball right on the inside corner. Right
0: the the he, inside yep, yep.
1: Like sort of knee to thigh high and he and he and he, and he Turned on it and uh, and hit it a long way out to a woman in a kayak. So.
0: Right now, Johnny Cueto is their kind of pitcher. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, right. He grew some pitches to those guys. He's not blazing right now. Uh, so he, where do you want to start with?
1: So where do you want to start with the weekend? You want to start with what was bad or you want to start with what was
0: good? Well, we might as well start with yesterday. It's the most recent thing, and I guess it's also uh, what you sort of anticipated. I mean, that was a box score that looked a lot like those box scores in the circus of 2020, because that's mm-hmm. what 20 felt like. Every day it was like, they're doing something new and different, and five different guys have two or three hits. And, oh, look, Tatis went yard again. It's amazing how often I, I went back and looked at all of Tatis' for a story, and it was like, boom, boom, they just come in bunches, and it's just mm-hmm. – that was fun. That's what uh, the Padres were about. Um, you don't
1: see many balls land where his home run landed either. That was that was a bomb. I,
0: I mean, had that, to go back and look at it. and I underestimated. I said it went midway up the bleachers. It was closer to two thirds. Uh, well, it did take a bounce.
1: Um, okay. In the bleachers, so it land. I think where the woman actually got or the guy caught it. That couple caught it. I think they were a few rows higher. Than where it actually landed but uh when he hit it it was sort of like oh my gosh where's that thing going so you uh,
0: have to you have to really barrel some balls like what i i don't think there's any doubt at least early on the new ball has has changed things uh on certain balls that you hit i'd love to be in cincinnati let's say which mm-hmm. is and see what's happening there i haven't looked but there have been plenty there have been a dozen times where I've been fooled not that I'm some genius that far from it but I'm a lot of fly balls and and you don't get fooled but this year I have but you see when you do get a hold of a ball just just haven't done it a lot yeah they they, they go so uh, I don't know it was also very warm it was unseasonably warm in uh San Francisco and mm-hmm. the ball does do different things there when when it's warm the rare times that it's warm especially in May um I thought, you know, there was just a lot of things yesterday where you said they fed off each other, they slugged seven extra base hits. Okay, so they're capable. But like I said, Johnny Cueto is their type of pitcher right now. Um, he's good. He's crafty. But they'll make you pitch, and they'll make you come to you. The, right now, they're struggling with the fastball. As weird as that is to say, like when I was doing the research the other day for my newsletter, Jay, I like like, am I right? Am I actually looking at <laughs> stats? Are they this horrible at fastballs in the zone? Right. Oscar is amazing hitting fastballs. Um, But the is good. Almost anybody else right now is just hurting. So it's funny about baseball. There's so many games. Yesterday – the Giants have a terrible bullpen, um, at least when I've watched them. Uh, and Johnny Cueto's their type of pitcher, so I don't really look. You're the big momentum guy. They they got to keep up the momentum, and it's the you know what it is. It's the first thing that that uh, Jake Cronenworth said. It's the first thing that Jace Tingler said. This is done. We have to do this again tomorrow.
1: Well, and it's it's all you have to do is go back. Not even two weeks. It was the the 28th of April that the second game in Arizona, um, they scored twelve runs that night. And it was sort of like, wow, look at this. This is what we can do, you know, and 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 maybe this will open the floodgates and we'll we'll start doing this more. And and then they came home and, you know, we know they've really struggled at home uh hitting and they came home and they did beat the Giants two out of three, but they, they didn't exactly pound the ball all over the yard um that game. And and then they scored, you know, seven runs in three games against the Pirates. Uh, who are never going to be confused with, uh, you know, the 71 Orioles who had four pitchers win 20 games to pull that one out of a distant, uh, distant past to show how old I am. Um, but uh, so I, I, I think, you know, look, momentum in baseball, it's such an old – it's not even a cliche. It's so far beyond a cliche that momentum is as great as the next day starting pitcher. There is no next day starting pitcher today <laughs> – Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It'll be, you know, if they do play, it'll be freezing. Uh, how does that affect anything, but it'll be a mile high. I mean, I've given up trying to predict how this stuff is going to happen. And look, the Padres need to have more games like yesterday. You know, it's funny yesterday you say sort of interesting things happened there. That's the ballpark where, where last year in, in, in September, they had a walk-off as the visiting team. So. Right. So once you've seen that at Oracle, I guess you, you pretty much feel like you can, you can see anything. And, you know, we saw a position player, Darren Ruff uh, pitch yesterday. Funny. Right. I always like that. And, that and he nice when take, they're throwing the throwing the He's got the knuckle ball going and he was grabbing it and pitching it. And, and uh, so, Hey, I mean, Wade Miley threw a no hitter over the weekend. If that something, someone like Wade Miley throws a no hitter, you know, anything can, uh, can happen. But so speaking of pitching. Yeah. I, I, I only got a chance to see a little bit of Chris Paddock yesterday. Um, But tell us about what Paddock looked like and, and how things changed for him, you know, coming back off of, what was it a 12 day, I think a 12 day break.
0: Old Chris Paddock for three innings. And look, I, I I played it up. I played it up in three stories yesterday (laughs) because because it's significant to the Padres. If that is the Chris Paddock you're going to get, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm huge now it was for three innings he acknowledged he was getting winded after three but of course the Potters would have us believe he didn't throw for 12 days um <laughs> so anyway um uh, <laughs> okay uh so but nonetheless he didn't pitch for 12 days and mm-hmm throwing gas and it was uh you know he was uh, intense he was fired up so he was winded so okay next time he comes back but I'll tell you what he was in trouble in the third inning and look if you have Buster Posey coming up the hottest hitter in the major leagues over the last two weeks Brandon Belt who also has seven home runs hit his seventh the day before um and and you're Chris Paddock who has given up multiple runs in at least one inning of each of your starts you could be thinking to yourself it's going to be five to three in a second right Boom, he went old school Chris Paddock and blew fastballs through seven in a row after missing with a change uh, to Buster Posey to fall behind 2-1. The change wasn't bad. He actually landed some curveballs yesterday. Um, But the fastball, wherever he wanted it, or at least that's what it looked like to those of us watching, and that's what start after start for five, six starts in a row in 2019 was like. To me, just as important, Ryan Weathers comes in. Mm -hmm other three shutout innings and i've been saying this for a while sure he may have to start uh, it's been it hinted to me um and it's insane i feel like as a swing man his value is through the roof a guy who can come in um obviously or you would think he's not going to maybe if it's wednesday he could do a couple innings i, I don't know but you know he can be the guy that to piggyback for denelson lamette he had to the guy to piggyback yesterday for um, Chris Paddock. I thought that was monstrous. The guy has like a zero eight ERA right now, and he's been put in all sorts of positions. Um, yesterday was pretty low stress, but to me, Ryan Weathers was maybe the second biggest story of the day. And the thing about Weathers was he he built up from the first time when he
1: piggybacked with Lamade. I think play. he threw about what maybe fifteen more pitches. I I don't oh. have it in front of me, but somewhere in that range, and he still looked he still looked strong. I did see more of his outing. He, he still looks strong it looks strong uh, yes he could have kept going right at the end and and uh it, it was interesting because i i was listening on uh to the broadcast driving home with uh jesse Aguirre and, and tony Gwynn uh, on the uh on the radio when he struck out when paddock struck out Belt uh to get out of that one inning and and they talked on the radio about the same thing that you were saying that that was paddock throwing fastballs and they were they were happy to see it as well and I'm sure I'm sure the Padres were the same way. Like if he could put his fastball where he wants it, he's such a different pitcher uh than we've seen er- erratically. And and that's why this whole idea of of you know of, of people being frustrated with Chris Paddock and trade Chris Paddock and we don't like Chris Paddock and all this stuff. Chris Paddock is still a young pitcher, has has not had that many starts in the big leagues. It's way it just seems like it's so early to be down on a guy like that because, you know, he's, he's the guy that you trade a guy like that. And in a couple of years, you're looking at a potential, I'm not saying he's Corey Kluber where he's going to win two Cy Youngs, but that's the kind of guy that comes back to haunt you for five or 10 years. That never happens to the Padres. James. Oh, no, no, never, uh, never at all. So, um, but speaking of starters who did not look so good, um, Blake Snell on Friday night, couldn't throw strikes even worse than, we've seen previously, and Joe Musgrove did not look good on Saturday. So so pick a starter, Kevin, and, and tell us what happened with, with Snell. And, and Musgrove has not really been great uh, the last couple, and Snell has got to be driving Tingler and Rothschild and the front office completely bananas right now with his just sort of erratic control and inability to get you know, to get out of the fifth, you know, get past the fifth inning, basically.
0: Let's start with that one because there's so many reasons that it's confounding and start with the idea that his stuff is so good, right? And mm-hmm. Invested to get him. Uh, so you're expecting that this is a guy who's supposed to be, if not you, Darvish. Um, because, you, you know, you you didn't expect that right now he'd be giving you seven all the time. But uh, to give you five, and I'm telling you, it's just amazing. Now, he did give up four runs, but it was the first time he'd given up that many runs. And right. Austin Adams came in and hit another guy. And, you know, but uh, nonetheless, bloods on Blake Snell. But, you know, we're used to around here guys going five innings. That's mm-hmm. what we to, right? All those yeah but 12 hits and six runs. Yeah. And, you know, Blake Snell is doing it with one or two hits and two runs. Uh, I know he does get himself out of trouble because he has stuff. It's it's you, you nailed it. You could just say he couldn't throw strikes. Yeah. That's a huge problem. Uh, but it's confounding because he does have periods of absolute brilliance and the stuff is amazing. And I did go back and I looked and the amount of takes that they're clearly are not swinging on um and not because they know what's coming but because they pretty much know they can't hit it um and yet here's the guy out again at four and two-thirds innings you know i wondered
1: about about watching snell in an earlier game and the, and I and the same thing with austin adams there were times where the, when they throw their sliders and that they both have such great sliders but most of the time, it does not land. A lot of times, it doesn't land in the strike zone. I mean, in fact, the pitch that that Adams, I think it was Longoria, got the two-run hit off him. It was because Adams kept missing because Longoria wasn't swinging. And it's like you almost want to, if you're the manager of the other team, you want to tell the batters don't swing because make them put that pitch in the strike zone. And it looked like the Giants did that against Adams that night. Longoria got to three and zero. He took a slider on 3-1. It was basically ended up in the middle of the zone. And I'm sure he figured he's going to do that again because he doesn't, you know, he's not going to walk me. And sure enough, he threw a slider in the exact same spot and Longoria was able to, to hit it. But I, you, you wonder, and it's it's obviously easy to sit there and watch on TV and say, why are these guys swinging at those pitches? But I wonder if that's an approach that that teams will try to do a better job of against guys like Snell and and you know Adams is on a short term, but Snell, it looked like that was the case the other night, where they just decided, hey, we're not going to chase those pitches.
0: And why? And why would they? Right, well, you're right. Like a lot of times, it's like I mean, anybody who watches enough baseball and sees what those pitches do, uh, you know that it's not just that easy. But in situations where you know that Blake Snell struck. A starter, you can, you know, it's a process. You're facing a starter, and just like it is for him when he's facing a team, and, and their approach to him was was fantastic. And that is one thing I want to see how the Giants are doing in August with all these veterans. But yeah, veteran lineup that knows what it's doing. Uh, Joe Musgrove, to my naked eye, looked you know better it was it was a little bit like oh this is weird what's happening he's getting taken deep here and then the potters were very pleased Joe Musgrove was very candid he was very pleased um to me um you know the guy has so many pitches and he's trying to mix them up and I don't know maybe the the pitchers or the hitters are thinking along with him Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not smart enough to know does he need to mix them up more and do things in different spots but you know those guys hit some good pitches. They really did. After he said that, I went back and looked again. I was like, yeah, okay, those weren't in the middle of the plate. Um, no, I thought the home. Yeah, I mean the the home run was a it
1: seemed like that was a mistake, but I I do think the other. You're right about a couple of the other pitches, and maybe you know sometimes guys guys hit good pitches. Um, I mean we see that the you know the the Padres. Well, they used to do that, but no, I mean, sometimes that just happens and your your pitches get hit. And, and uh, so I, I wouldn't be as, as concerned about Musgrove, but it, it does seem like a couple starts here. I'll be good to see him against another team. Um, I would assume we'd see him against the Cardinals. I mean, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen with the rotation, but you would think he would, he would be in line to pitch against the Cardinals uh, when the team comes back to Petco this weekend. Chris Paddock, probably the same way, that we'll see both those guys uh over the weekend against the cardinals so that'll be interesting to see against a, a different opponent
0: right and it'll be as we as we wrap it up here we um i it will be interesting to see as paddock builds up these are the things that we're going to be looking for in, in the future here um uh, and how weathers is used i mean while it's not hey as good as hey we have five healthy guys who are all dealing paddock coming back they're gonna they're confident they can build them nelson limet up that's going to be a complication for a well weather's pitching well and then you got to see how miguel diaz does can he follow up what he did against the pirates with another three solid you know heck maybe even four solid uh heck if if miguel diaz comes in every once in a while and gives you two good constructive innings Mm -hmm. a week that's a good weapon to have right um I, i think that they're actually in pretty good shape right now obviously not as good as if you had five guys dealing and it'd be a heck of a lot better. Can you imagine the strain it would take off if Blake Snell could go six innings? Yeah, I know, <laughs> um, I know. but, but you know, compared, to, I, I'm just thinking compared to where we were a week ago, with so, or week and a half ago, so many questions, it does seem like things are getting better on the pitching staff.
1: I, I would say so. And I, I still think the concern is, is, and you know, I know we need to run here, but the concern is the offense. And they still need to have, I mean, you're not going to score 11 runs every day, but they still need to be more consistent in terms of the games where they score, you know, four, five, six instead of, you know, one, two, three.
0: And what's great is we, for one reason, if it was, if it was 80 degrees here, we'd say, well, we can't really pay attention to what's going to happen with the offense. But now since it's going to be like 39 degrees, we say. But we're, we're not going to know about uh, what the offense is doing until they get back home and they play the Cardinals, who, by the way, I believe, begin the day with the best record uh, in the National League because the Padres beat the Giants yesterday. The Giants went into yesterday as the best record in the National League.
1: That is correct. The Cardinals right. are the only team in the National League and one of only two teams in baseball at 600 for yeah. a winning percentage. So that'll be good, and we will talk to you on uh, Friday, and we'll go over whatever happens in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? And uh, we'll look ahead to a, a long homestand. Ah, uh, oh, yes. When you uh, get back, it's got to sound good to you, right now. Thanks, everybody.